0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another Educator Innovator Hangout on Air. I'm your host for this program, Tanya Baker, the Director of National Programs at the National Writing Project. Uh, This conversation today arises out of work at the National Writing Project on an initiative called Building New Pathways to Leadership. Uh, Building New Pathways to Leadership is is a design and dissemination effort uh, that intends to expand teacher leadership for improved literacy learning across the United States. Our interest in expanding NWP teacher leadership has has led us to investigate the work of what we like to call fellow travelers, others working to build teacher leadership in and through their organizations. Our guests this afternoon represent a range of organizations working to develop and nourish and recognize teacher leadership. Thank you for joining us here today, and a special thanks uh, to our guests for making the time to be here. Hi, everybody. Uh, for those of you who are watching this hangout live we encourage you to post thoughts ideas questions via the live chat feature embedded in the video player or you can tweet questions and follow along using the hashtag #ConnectedLearning. learning so let's go ahead and get started with a round of introductions so uh, i'd ask you to give us your name and where you work and maybe a quick elevator pitch about the work of your organization. And I'll introduce you um, in the order you appear on my screen. So, Brianna, do you want to get us started?
1: Sure. Thanks, Tanya. I'm Brianna Donaldson. I'm director of the Math Teacher Circle Network. And math teacher circles are groups of uh, K-12 through 12 teachers and mathematicians who get together regularly to investigate mathematics together and to form lasting communities um, uh, built around mathematics. And uh, so our organization uh, helps get new math teacher circles started and we help provide resources to math teacher circles throughout the U.S. There are currently about 125 of these groups in 39 states.
0: Thanks, Brianna.
2: Mm -hmm. How about you, Hadley? Um, I am Hadley Ferguson, and I am the executive director of the EdCamp Foundation, which is based here in Philadelphia. But EdCamps are participant-driven professional development for educators. Teachers get together and decide what they want to talk about and collaborate together. EdCamp started in Philadelphia in 2010. And since then, there have been 1,500 around the world.
0: Wow. That's a big number, Hadley.
2: Jenny.
3: Hi, I'm uh, Jenny Brotman. I'm the Director of Service Design at Teaching Matters. Um, We're a nonprofit organization in New York City dedicated to um, developing and retaining great teachers and um, improving the quality of teaching and learning in urban schools. And we um, support teacher leaders in building the instructional capacity of, of schools and districts.
0: Thank you, and thanks again, all of you, for being here. Um, as we have said to one another, we really uh, would love to have a conversation about teacher leadership here tonight, and um, we have some questions that we've decided together to investigate and And people will start with, but people should jump in and um, join the conversation where it makes sense. So um, I thought I'd start with you, Brianna, um, on the topic of what is teacher leadership? Um, you could um, maybe just paint a picture of what a teacher leader in your community looks like or tell us more theoretically what you see as ideas or components. Um, so I'll let you take the question, get us started.
1: Okay, great. So um, I think I'm going to do a little bit of both, um, talking a little bit about a theoretical framework and also uh, just painting a picture of what it looks like for us. So, um, so. So, like I was saying, uh, Math Teacher Circles are groups of uh, K-12 teachers and uh, mathematicians from higher ed who work together, and so teacher leadership is actually really core to um, just even how Math Teacher Circles are formed. Uh, Teachers are part of a leadership team. Uh, usually two teachers and two professors working together uh, to get a math teacher circle started. And there are various opportunities for leadership um, that are just sort of built into uh, math teacher circles that we'll talk more about. But so um, a framework that I find really helpful in thinking about teacher leadership for our organization um, is the Prime Leadership Framework, um, which is from the National Council of Supervisors of Math. And what I really, something I really like about this framework is it talks about three different stages of leadership development for teachers. So, one is making a difference uh, in yourself, like your own practice. Um, So, knowing what it means to be a great teacher and and modeling that in your own instruction. And then, a a next stage, stage two, is uh, making a difference in others within your community. Um, So, uh, trying to collaborate with other teachers and helping them implement great instruction. Um, and then and then the third stage is actually taking that beyond your own community and making a difference, um, you know, beyond your school, beyond your own teaching community. And so I'd like to sort of illustrate that uh, in the in within Math Teacher Circles by looking at a case of a teacher uh, who I'll call Lisa. And she um, basically when she started Math Teacher Circles, she had a really wonderful uh, background in math content. Um, which not necessarily all of our teachers do when they come to us, but she she did, and she was really looking though for ways to improve her instruction. She felt really frustrated, like she wasn't really getting to across to her students what she wanted. And um, so the, a big thing about what we do in math teacher circles is that teachers get to spend a lot of time investigating mathematics and being mathematicians. And so what Lisa realized is she wanted to model that in her, and she wanted to take that into her own instruction and do that with her students. Um, and so that was kind of the first stage for her. It's like the first stage of this uh, leadership development framework is basically taking her experience of a math teacher circle and um, actually using that in her own instructional practice. Now, um, so something else that we often find comes out of math teacher circles is that teachers get more um, engaged and motivated to um, just, they, they start to really get engaged in doing math and in sort of trying to sort of be like evangelists for math in a way, you know, getting uh, really uh, trying to inspire others. Um, and uh, so this was definitely the case with Lisa and this is like sort of the stage two of this prime framework, uh, making a difference for others. So some of the ways she got more engaged in working with other teachers, um, some were through her school. So she was, um, it was really noticed that she had made all these changes in her own instruction, and she was able to work with other teachers at her school and help contribute to some curriculum decisions and stuff like that. Um, but, and then also within her math teacher's circle, she became part of the organizational team that would plan the activities of the math teacher circle and she helped design some activities and again was involved in in leading this this group, um, which was providing professional development for teachers from sort of throughout her district and I think some neighboring districts as well. Now, um, Lisa also, um, after after sort of doing that kind of leadership for a while, she started moving toward doing uh, some work more at a national level. She got involved in a couple of different committees um, where she was advocating for, and she she really became really passionate about sharing this message of, you know, more inquiry oriented practice in mathematics and. Uh, really uh, more student-centered practices and things. And so she basically became involved in advocacy with a couple of different national organizations. Um, and we also have some opportunities sort of through our own network for becoming more involved um, at a national or state level um, that I could talk more about later. But, yeah, it's kind of an overview.
0: It was really nice to hear a case, so thanks. Hadley uh, or Denny, you want to add any more about work? take a different tack even.
2: Well it's interesting at ed camps, um, ed camps uh, historically are held on Saturdays so the people who come to an ed camp are teachers who want to grow their practice, who want to you know have questions that they want to ask of other teachers because as all the studies show teachers want to learn not from the person who's helicoptered in, but they want to learn from Mm -hmm. each other, um, the people who have boots on the ground and are facing the same kinds of challenges. So from the beginning the people that um, come to ed camps are people who are, are hungry to improve what they're doing. And when they get there, the way it's organized um, people get to suggest what are the questions they want to discuss what are the conversations that they want to have and so from the very beginning the goal is this rich collaboration and growth and what we have found from our Studies is that teachers say that they take away from an ed camp four to four or more ideas that they implement with their students, or they share with other faculty in um, in their schools. And so it's this experience of collaboration that enhances their sense of wanting to be a leader back in their school, and so they're going back and interacting with their students and with other teachers and then in many cases heading out and looking to find the next ed camp where they can have that experience of collaboration again and deepen their own um, understanding of new strategies or ways to tackle um, challenges. And what we found is that once a teacher has been to an ed camp they feel much more um, proud of the profession that they're in Mm -hmm. and wanting to um, share that with other educators. That a lot of the sort of sit and get standards of professional development where teachers are sort of treated as if they're empty vessels who don't know anything and just need to be filled up by administrators that when they are are sort of being asked questions and are sharing and working together that they leave that (laughs) feeling empowered and excited um, and wanting to move on to the next level and it's at at that point that many of these people who have participated in a couple of ed camps decide that they want to bring the model to their their district to their region and um, then set about organizing but the amazing thing about ed camps is that teachers don't do it in isolation that organizing teams are usually made up of four or more teachers who want to um, work together. And so it just continues this collaborative aspect um, as they move forward uh, in trying to provide learning experiences for other teachers. So there is that sort of, I go to the initial ed camp to develop myself. It follows this that prime model. I go to do it for myself, but then I once once I feel secure in that, then I want to turn around and bring that to other teachers whether it's in my school or at larger areas. Um, but there, I think that at the heart of what we are finding is that it, it makes teachers feel respected, feel proud of what the, the work that they're doing and want, it, want to share that out rather than sort of stay in the place that unfortunately too many teachers live in of being beaten down by the systems and the structures.
0: Jenny, how about at Teaching Matters? What would you want to add to this picture of teacher leadership?
3: Yeah, well, I, I mean, we, we, um, collaboration is also very central to the work that we do. So I definitely resonate with with what Hadley you're speaking about. Um, we work a lot with teachers who are leading professional learning communities in their school buildings and sort of support them with the skills that they need to do that effectively. And so we think of a teacher leader as very highly collaborative and possessing the sort of interpersonal and soft skills to um, have difficult conversations with colleagues and build trust in moving practice forward. Um, and so that's one core area, um, our core sort of competency, set of competencies that we work with teacher leaders on developing. Um, and then we also um, really think about teacher leaders as leading their peers in Um, using evidence of student learning to make decisions and thinking about the role of research assessment and data um, in in the work and then in sort of being an instructional coach of their peers and um, deepening learning and and instruction um, and in uh, content and pedagogy Um, and so those are we kind of take a competency-based approach towards thinking about what teacher leaders um, need to be developing in order to be effective in this role of fostering collaboration and, and real improvements in teaching and learning among their colleagues.
0: So, um, it's really interesting. I realize I didn't really think about myself talking about the National Writing Project in the in the conversation, like I'm just going to convene you and ask questions. but. Um, I know we would share a value and a belief in um, the role of collaboration in the work. And I think, um just hearing y'all talk, I realized I wonder if um, we get drawn to like teachers need collaboration and we get drawn to supporting and helping with that because teaching, though that you're there's a lot of people around, so much of the work is done in isolation that you just kind of have to. you you need to get out of your classroom and maybe if you came come into this profession as a young professional you may need some practice and learning about collaborating
2: Well, and I think you also need, you know, you you have the isolation of the classroom, but I think that you also have the sort of what happens in a faculty room a lot of times, which Mm -hmm. is the conversations that are very sort of dealing with today's problem of, you know, recess is canceled or something, Mm -hmm. some need that has to happen or some way that you're being asked to do something more and that the, the, that, conversation that's around pedagogy, that's around best practices, that's, uh, you know, around tackling the the challenges on a higher level than just I've got lunch duty today. Um, I think that's why networks like this make such a difference to teachers because they provide, they sort of elevate the conversation so that it's not about the sort of stuff that's frustrating today, but it's about what are my what are my big goals for this profession that I've chosen, and how can I work together with other people to reach them?
0: Yeah, I don't know if any, there's a lot of nodding, I don't know if anybody else wanted to jump in. I don't want to, uh, like, own the conversation, but I think that's really helpful. Headley. I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day that um, about this moment when I left the classroom and I was in an, on an academic track for a while, and I realized that when I was in the classroom, the question people always asked me was, "How is your year going?" And then when I moved to an academic setting, the question was, "How is your work going?" And so there was this sense that for a teacher, everything was contextual. Like, who are the kids in your classroom? What you know, like, are there are there salary negotiations going on this year? Like, everything was about whatever was happening this year, and that was hard to talk about through line of your professional development and growth and learning and and goals and desires for
1: what would what you would do next yeah I I guess I would just I really also um, completely resonate with the idea of how important collaboration is and um, certainly in math teacher circles uh, this is a a really big aspect of not just the organization of a math teacher circle but actually the work that the teachers are doing um, I think also you know of course in, in these other organizations as well um, and I think you know just I, I really think that this point that it's going beyond the day-to-day and it's it's focusing on you know big goals and you know for us like well what is mathematics, you know, and what does it mean to do mathematics? Right. I mean, um, what does it mean to, you know, to actually engage in in the content that we teach, and, and just having some time to to think about that. One other thing that I think um, we think about a lot in in math teacher circles, um, and I think I think National Writing Projects are similar, and maybe maybe some of the other programs as well. But uh, so teachers can participate in our groups for as long as they want, so for years. And so I think that the fact that it's a community, it's really a community that they belong to, and I think that can really help foster leadership development over time. So, um, you know, it's not like, oh, if you're not ready to be, you know, to develop to some next stage as a leader this year, then that's it. It's like, you know, you can do this for, you know, a long, long time. Like we have teachers who've participated in their math teacher circle for a decade. Um, and I think are still getting a lot out of it, especially in terms of that community and continuing collaboration.
0: I think we could say more about that, but I also think it leads us sort of to the next question. So I think I'm gonna move us along to the next question um, with this idea about participation and longevity in in something as perhaps part of the answer to the next question, which is, um, how is teacher leadership developed or nourished in and through your work? And I think, Hadley, we were going to have you get us started thinking about that question.
2: Well, I think that um, for us that the, the whole process of stepping outside of your school, stepping outside of your norms um, is a self identify self-identification as being somebody who wants to grow, and I think that that's at the heart of the beginning to of, of moving towards leadership, of leaving the isolation of the classroom and being, you know, for us coming to an ed camp and. Exploring what it's like to learn with other teachers um, on this higher level rather than sort of the faculty room conversations Um, Not that some of those can't be good too, but um, I think that that self-identification of moving outside of your of of your school and Taking ownership of your own learning is the first step and then after that I think that it is the the conversations that we are um, really based on it, that it not being about a session isn't about someone with their slide deck t- um, talking at the people in the room. It's about the people in the room saying, "Here's you know, here's the topic that I'm uh, that I want to I want to discuss with you," and everybody having a conversation for the forty five minutes or an hour, um, sharing contact information and beginning to build a network so that when you leave that situation, you can continue the learning. Um, but I think it's that sense of yourself as a as a learner as life you know someone who is on a journey that's lifelong um, is for me at the heart of what you know where you get to where you need to be in order to develop your own leadership um, in the classroom and then leadership in your school and beyond so I I think that it really is that self-identification that taking ownership not feeling like um, your learning is something that's done to you, but it's something that you own and move into um, is really at the heart of what we try to tell people about in terms of coming to an ed camp and the journey that we hope it starts them on.
0: Uh, Jenny, I want I wonder if you want to say anything about um, nourishing teacher leadership in the building, because I think you tend to work with teachers in the building a lot.
3: Yeah, I was just thinking the exact same thing. Um, we... Um, We do bring teachers out of the building for learning experiences as part of our work, and we're trying more and more to establish those kinds of cohorts of leaders that can work together over time. But then a really core element of our work is going into the school building and supporting them there. And so um, we do that in different ways in different programs, but we support teacher leaders with on-site coaching where we, um, you know, problem solve with them, model leadership, Um, give them feedback on their work, help them navigate the challenges of figuring out how to make the role work in their complex school settings. Um, And then we do some virtual coaching where we'll have phone calls or Skype calls with with teacher leaders. Um, And we do a lot of feedback um, both verbally and in writing on on their written work. Um, So we're really trying to kind of support them in the day-to-day of making the teacher leadership work Meaningful for them and their colleagues and giving them that support in kind of the, the day-to-day um, of, of, of making the work successful
0: uh, Hearing Jenny say that makes me want to ask you a question Brianna, and it's um, of course how you could jump into but I um, is thinking about uh, both about the framework that you talked about about these sort of stages of leadership development, Brianna and then uh Jenny's um naming the difficulty sometimes of navigating stepping into a leadership role or position or just stance even in a in your own building which can be really complex so um, like EdCamp, Writing Project tends to pull great educators out of their buildings and work with them out in an outside of the building context. But particularly in that moment where you move from, oh, I've learned new things and I'm enacting them in my classroom to, to what you said kind of jokingly, but I know we've seen it too, to evangelizing can be a rocky space for teacher leaders. Um, so I guess I'm telling a story more than asking a question, but maybe my question, Brianna, is like, so do you guys see that, and what do you do about it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question, and yeah, we definitely, we definitely see that. Um, and I don't know that we really actively do too much, other than we're just there, you know, like, uh, we're a community that's, like, always there. Is what we try to be and um, I think yeah I mean I think there's a that teachers experience like a pretty wide variety of levels of opportunity within their schools Uh, uh, you know whether they're going to be able to kind of step into those positions more easily or not um, or unofficially or officially or or whatever Um, I mean one thing we do is we try to provide opportunities within our uh, math teacher circles also So, uh, like I was mentioning before, like all of our math teacher circles are organized, they have an organizing team that always includes teachers um, who get to, you know, work with other teachers and with professors and they plan out their math teacher circle activities together, like all aspects of of the math teacher circle from recruiting people Mm -hmm. to actually implementing meetings, planning activities, um, looking for funding, all of that. we uh, also their leadership opportunities to add, to facilitate or to present um, at the circles. So either to help facilitate the the math uh, part, the math content part, or to present like things that teachers have tried in their classrooms. Um, some teacher, some math teacher circles. Like um, I'm thinking of, there's one in Hawaii that actually has sort of a three year. I, which I of course want to visit like everyone else when I mentioned this, right? But so, um, <laughs> so I mean, they, I'd like to visit too. Right. <laughs> um, they're, they're a fantastic group. Um, but so they have sort of a three year, um, I don't know if it's really a track, but it's like they're, the teachers can take, um, they can sign up for a uh, course that's affiliated with their math teacher circle, but it's basically like in addition to uh, participating in the math sessions, they it's kind of like this multi-year progression that I think kind of helps them um, find ways to be more professionally engaged outside of the math teacher circle too, but it really, it also follows this model where like, The first year, it's basically the teacher is reflecting on their own practice, on their own learning experience, and and starting to think about how to put it into their classrooms. Mm -hmm. The second year, they actually um, bring a lesson that they've presented, that they've used in their classroom. They bring it to the math teacher circle and present it for the other participants there. And then the third year, they present at a state-level conference. with help from the math teacher circle to support them to, to get there. So, I mean, so I think there are ways, and I, w- I, w- I would actually love to see us incorporating more sort of progressions like that into you know some other math teacher circles, but um, I think it's, um, yeah, we, we try to provide some leadership opportunities within the circles themselves. We're also working to provide more opportunities for organizing at, at state levels, and we have sort of a national circle mentors program Um, for people who want to help other math teacher circles get started. And so these are things that I'm hoping that we're going to expand more and get more teachers involved in. So,
0: I I wonder, Hadley, um, if what you, how you would respond. There's a lot of um, sort of supporting and imagining whatever, trees or cycles of, uh, and I know, you know, the Writing Project has done both things of sort of organic opportunities and kind of thinking through cycles or levels of leadership. Um, And I know EdCamp seems maybe among us the most
2: organic
0: stance. I wonder if you have thoughts or
2: advice or warnings. (laughs) Well, we we definitely qualify as the most organic. And, and one of the things that I'm working on right now is trying to figure out what are next steps and best, pra- best practices for people who have been to multiple ed camps and want to um, learn more. Um, we, ju- we have something at the foundation that we call impact grants that are um, grants that if you go to an ed camp and you hear about an idea that you really love and you wanna learn more about it, you can apply um, to us and then, we um, have a group of 30 uh, EdCamp organizers who read those applications and make the decisions in, in an attempt to keep it organic and grassroots rather than centralized. Um, and so we're trying to get the teachers to do things like um, pay for a substitute so they can shadow another teacher or take a class or um, you know go to a conference, something that would help them because we we recognize that there's something wonderfully magical about an EdCamp. But at the same time, it's oftentimes a single event. Sometimes there are, you know, there there are um, places that have multiple ed camps in a year. But part of the participant-driven aspect of it is it depends who shows up as to what conversations are there, and everyone who shows up is encouraged to put up a session about what they want to talk about. But um, who's going to be there and how that conversation is going to go is completely organic and so we're trying to look at things where that we might provide to our organizers say for a next tier of learning um, looking at times to get organizers together to share their best practices and their challenges so that um, we we continue to enhance that learning Um, because the way that I mean the the beauty and the challenge of Mm -hmm. EdCamp is that it is uh, so is so organic and so grassroots. You don't, I mean, you can host an ed camp without even telling me. It happens all the time. Um, you know, we will get a social media, our social media intern will check on on Monday to see what ed camps happened over the weekend. And there were ones that we have supported and helped. And then there are all these others that, you know, just they decided to do it and went ahead and did it. And so the, it's interesting to be at the foundation and trying to sort of create a hub for this at the same time as it's, growing exponentially um, without us.
0: Yeah, as, as a grant writer I was um, thinking about the challenge for you of like naming your reach. Like
2: who knows, right? <laughs> I, I have to say it's the funniest part of writing grants because I can sort of sit here and say, okay, last year we supported 375 ed camps. We know that we're probably closer to 500 or so and they range in size from 20 to 600 and we don't actually know what the average is, maybe around 100. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Let's, um, so speaking of recognizing or numbering or naming, Jenny, (laughs) I'm going to turn to you to get us started about the idea individually of recognizing teacher leadership or honoring teacher leadership. And I wonder if you would want to say a little bit about Teaching Matters, how you've thought about this question of recognizing and or honoring teacher leadership.
3: Yeah, sure. Um the the recognition of teacher leaders is a is a really central component of our work, and we do it through um, a micro credentialing approach. And so we support teacher leaders in earning teacher leaders and also emerging teacher leaders, those who are trying to enter into teacher leader roles, in um, developing particular core competencies related to teacher leadership. Um, and then those teacher leaders submit evidence to us of of the work aligned to particular competencies, and we, um, we score that work. We have a set of rubrics and look-fors that we use, um, and a, a, a staff of coaches who scores that work provides, as I was saying earlier, a lot of written feedback, um, often verbal feedback in the form of virtual coaching support, or in some programs um, on-site, in-person support, um, in service of, of really mastering these competencies. Um, And then teacher leaders can earn digital badges um, or micro-credentials showing their skills. And um, there are a number of different sort of rationales that we use for for taking this approach. As you started with, it it is a way to honor and recognize and really celebrate in a concrete way the achievements, um, the very specific achievements of teacher leaders and and give them um, recognition for for their great work. Um, it's It's an important... Um, vehicle for us in working with um, systems and districts to help establish career pathways that where, where there are incentives in place for teacher leaders to earn these micro-credentials and have that um, work lead them into a new um, formalized teacher leader role within the system and so we partner with systems and districts um, to sort of provide some currency behind the micro-credentialing process Um, And it's also a really important coaching approach for us um, because the um, micro-credentialing competencies and requirements and look-fors are all very transparent. It gives um, a very concrete framework for a relationship between a teacher leader and a coach um, where they can work together um, and have a common understanding of what they're working towards. Um, And so we've found that it deepens the coaching relationship. Um, and makes it makes it really substantive, and that that coaching and feedback is actually really critical for teacher leaders who are um, who are trying to earn micro credentials to to show that they've mastered particular skills.
0: Thanks, uh, Brianna or Hadley. Do you want to say anything about recognizing or honoring teacher leadership in your <coughs> in your different work?
2: We're actually looking into the uh, the whole idea of micro credentialing and and badges as a way to sort of uh, recognize people who have been to multiple ed camps, people who have sort of held conversations around the same topic at different ed camps, or um, who have organized, and then sort of look at how to how how to put that in place. So that's very much the what what is on our horizon, I think.
1: Diana? Yeah, so, I mean, I think, um, so I would say we don't have as formal an approach at at this point. I I definitely think there's more we could do to recognize and honor teacher leadership. but I think the main things that we do are, you know, sort of this leadership team idea is it's an official thing within our organization uh, to be on the leadership team of a of a math teacher circle. The circle mentoring program. Um, I'd like to see more teachers as circle mentors. A lot of a lot of the ones we have right now are professors, um, but I think we need both. Um, and that's something that we need to work on as an organization: is getting more teachers um, signed up to do that and help other math teacher circles get started. Um, likewise, the leadership teams are mostly local now, and uh, we're working to develop more sort of state-level leadership teams, which uh, will definitely include teachers in, in those. Um, and I think that would be, you know, that's a visible role on a state level for teachers, um, where they can they can make a difference for um, others around their state. Um, we also do, uh, we really try to celebrate uh, teachers' accomplishments on, you know, our social media sites, um, and uh, we have, a like, a magazine that we put out twice a year where we uh, try to recognize, you know, we have, te- you know, like, all of our organizations, I'm sure we have lots of teachers who are, like, local Teachers of the Year or um, who have uh, won various awards and, and things. And another thing that our publication offers is that teachers can submit to it And we've had a lot of teachers submit uh, various articles to us. So either um, articles like describing a lesson plan that was uh, something that was developed as a result of some experience they had in a math teacher circle. Or um, uh, we've had other teachers, uh, you know, write up an activity that they helped present or they presented at their math teacher circle. So it's kind of like another... Um, another thing that, that we've offered, and some, some of our teachers have also even published things like that in other journals, um, like, that are maybe affiliated with, um, like, state affiliates of the National Council of Teachers of Math or things like that. So we really try to encourage teachers to, um, to sort of uh, do things like that. And I think that's a great way to have their leadership recognized, just to, you know, get their voices out there and, and be involved in, um, in things like that.
0: Uh, I've been thinking this whole conversation about um, about the statement you made Brianna about the teacher who might come might be involved in a circle for years and I'm thinking about the way that In my teaching career um, there were some teachers who with no credential no particular credential or um, recognition from anybody else sort of served this role of being a leader by being around and smart for a really long time you know and like um i know we live in a different time and and i think and i'm i I, we're building micro credentials here and i'm really interested in young teachers thoughts about career pathways but somehow just maybe from the you know middle-aged teacher lady vision of mine that i have just um noting the kind of leadership people bring by showing up regularly honoring the work and being able to say to a a new person in their evangelizing phase for instance oh yeah maybe not everyone's going to love to hear about this today (laughs) but here's how i dealt with that when i came to that part you know so um, I don't know. I I feel in this um, in this in this time of uh, credentialing and career pathway talk of always wanting to bring my um, my my own history and say yeah and and then there's just the teacher who's central in these spaces that really provides a kind of wisdom and depth of knowledge and. Um, I don't know. Making space for honoring that, just in the way we work with them and and the space that we provide where they can be that person for other people. I don't even know what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> no, I, but I think I think that there's something interesting there because it says the gray-haired woman in the in the conversation um, for those people who you know don't really care about the badge; they care about their character in the in the school, and so just sort of. I, I think thinking about tapping into the, those resources is is an important one and making sure that we draw them into the conversations because we don't want to lose those voices
0: and then I think oh go ahead Jenny no I was just going to say
3: I, I think those are all great points and um, I think that we we also find that there are some teacher leaders who are doing great work and, and less noticed in it and so it's nice to also have vehicles for, um, for kind of giving a shout out to, to people who are, are, are not as visibly the evangelist in the building but are trying to really um, lead um, which can be really challenging. Yeah. Um,
2: Well, and I think we all can know teachers who have all kinds of skills that are overlooked. And so trying to come up with the ways to say, no, this person over here actually has tremendous skills and leadership and can give direction, but happens to be a quiet person rather than the evangelist. And so what are the tools that we give that person to help them um, express all of the strengths that they have?
0: Yeah, I really like the way, also, Jenny, that you talked about um, the micro credentialing framework as um, a, as, a, as a kind of. Um, I mean, sometimes we talk about teachers and kids looking at the work in front of them, so it's not like looking at the per- from person to person. And I feel like often when we when we try to um, when we name these things that we think are badgeable or um, these competencies that are important, uh, that can help us. Um, have these conversations about what is it we're striving for and what are we looking for and how can I support you toward that thing or how can you support yourself or how can you as a community work together toward that thing so I think the credentials not only uh, the credentialing frameworks that people are uh, creating and thinking about not only help recognize people who earn the credentials but help people who want to move forward but are kind of um, wondering what to do next, or how do I, what is it that, where am I stuck, can help you name things that you could do next.
3: Yeah, and I think that the the tricky part is, is also making sure that you're, there are some things that are very concrete and clear to be able to micro-credential, um, and then I think you're alluding to a lot of the, there are a lot of um, you know, bigger sort of identity-laden <laughs> skills that people bring to the role um, that, you know, we're always trying to think about, like, what what are the limits of what you can micro-credential or what are the ways you can think outside of the box and actually try to codify some of that thinking as well. And um, I think that's a, a,
0: a challenge that we think about a lot. So, um we have all these cool things for teachers to do together collaboratively to learn and grow. And um, we are developing organizations and frameworks that support them and maybe credential them or in other ways, honor them. And I think sometimes uh, people outside the profession might ask, um, but what's a leader do? Like, so what, what's, so leadership for what, I think might be our last topic to discuss together. Um and Brianna, I don't know if we could come back to you to start again. Um, how is teacher leadership utilized or put to work um, when it's developed in the math circle ne-
1: network? Right. so I mean, I think I think a big thing to me about teacher leadership is that um, it's about empowering teachers, right? It's about giving them voice and giving them like the, confidence and the knowledge and and the just the desire to um, to be models you know for others and to share that and I think you know I maybe I'll return to uh, the Lisa example um, you know I mean here's somebody who basically took this this idea she she really got inspired by sort of this, uh, approach to mathematics that's very collaborative, uh, very um, student-centered, inquiry-oriented, and she, um, you know, she not only brought that to her students, um, which, you know, I think uh, was it was a really big, uh, a big thing, a really empowering for her, and something that, you know, like I I was describing before, really got noticed by parents of her students, by the principal, her student achievement scores rose, all these things. So I mean. So so first, I mean, I think it really is something that affects teachers' own teaching. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think that um, when you have that kind of success and confidence and, and, and uh, really feel that you're, um, you know, you've been able to do something like that with your own practice, I mean, I think it's very natural, especially for teachers, to want to share that with others. And so I think it makes a huge difference uh, to have teachers who feel empowered to be leaders and to to share um, you know these their own practices and uh, you know best practices in teaching with other teachers uh, who are around them and I think it can make a difference you know in schools and and beyond schools uh, where these teachers are uh, because I think I think once people feel that sort of empowerment they they really do um, you know if they have the opportunity they really take that sort of all the way (laughs) a lot of them you know and can um, really become advocates for uh, improvements in, um, in teaching and uh, you know more opportunities for, for more students. So I think it's a big deal.
0: You're like a, an evangelist or an advocate for <laughs> teacher leadership. <laughs> we could have more more. <laughs> Hadley or Jenny, do you want to jump
1: in?
2: Well, I think one of the things that that sort of came to my mind was this whole idea of teacher leadership. That I think for 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 all of us, almost it's not as if there's a leader in a school, um, but that the goal of teacher leadership is is that we would empower all of the teachers to enhance their own practice, co- collaborate with with one another. That it's not as if there's a single person who's going to to bring about change for all these these students. It's that Uh, that love of learning for themselves that they share with their students that they share with each other is at the heart of what um, for me what teacher leadership is about that it's not um, we're gonna we're gonna create two teacher leaders in a building but we're gonna empower as many um, as many teacher leaders as we can
3: yeah I would I would echo all of that um, and and say that you know. In addition, we, we, you know, I think teacher leadership helps to create a culture within a school where all of the teachers in the building are are working together and empowered, and that the role, like you said, it's not about you know a couple of experts who are transmitting things to 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 a, a group of teachers, but it's about facilitating a culture where everyone wants to learn and improve. Um, and so, it's a way to really. Um, sustainably and impactfully um, and with sort of bigger magnitude, um, really make uh, change happen um, in schools and build the instructional capacity of of school buildings and school systems.
0: It's funny as the two of you are talking, like occasionally somebody will just say the right sentence that makes me go, oh, wait. I was a teacher who did the writing project, and like then, like I've been on the long writing project path to leadership, I guess. Um, but that this love of learning, lifelong learning, and then um, this idea of creating a culture, uh, and I think that the word I would add to um, a culture of uh, lifelong learning and love is like the joy and I know that was one of the things that first drew me to uh Brianna's work when I heard about it is uh they described the just the pure joy of like doing math together and I was like yes that's what the writing project starts with like the pure joy of writing together and then thinking about what does it what would it mean for classrooms to be places where it's just joyous for and kids would write together and I don't mean you know like frilly or fluffy i mean but like a joyous enactment of really hard work and i think um across organ across the way um, you've talked about your work you can see that these are places where people like find joy in the work and because sometimes the way we talked about earlier uh, the way society right now and culture can talk about schools and teachers or that just that just how hard as as people's budgets get slashed and slashed and the and the demands for every day more recess duty or less recess altogether all the ways that those impact things impact teachers' day sometimes uh, the need to step out of it and remember you know this is like to be a teacher among learners is this joyous space is Think another thing that teacher leadership can uh, sustain or help sustain these organizational um, outside of school or even in school opportunities to work together can sustain those things.
2: The joy of it. I would just second the joy of it. I think that that's You know, whether it's the connections that you make or the collaboration that you do, but it is that joy that puts you sort of, I think, for a lot of teachers, it puts them back in touch with why they wanted to be in this profession um, and makes them hopefully want to stay.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to me because we actually talk a lot about uh, the joy of what we do. I mean, that's a word that um, gets used a lot in our community uh, for sure. And I think I, I totally agree also. It's really central.
0: Uh, Hadley, I don't think we should let your point go. unnoticed noticed that, um, that joy can help sustain people in a profession and that it's important to keep people in the profession. Uh, so that's, I think it's another thing that all of us in our organizations can point to is the kind of longevity of teachers who find these kinds of spaces to work together.
2: Yeah, the numbers are a little terrifying if you look at them of the um, my generation, the baby boomers who are retiring and the number of jobs that need to be filled. And um, when I went into the profession and would tell people um, that I was going to be a teacher, people were like, that's so exciting, that's wonderful. And I don't think that a lot of people who decide to go into education um, have society saying to them, That's awesome. Um, What a great career choice. And so the more that we can do to say, you know, you're here for kids, that's awesome. And let us help you stay in that space.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, so back to that woman who's been in the math circles all that time, just having a great time and saying, welcome. Yeah. it's been fantastic. It was my favorite topic, and you are such lovely people and have so many great ideas about it. It's been a great way to spend an hour, but we are almost out of time. So, uh, before I take a minute to thank you, I just want to ask is there anything that we didn't say that would like, do we have final words we want to say on the topic of teacher leadership here, there, and everywhere? <laughs>
2: I think I, I would. Ju- oops, sorry. Right, go ahead. <laughs> um, I, I would just say that it's about learning. That teacher leadership is about being on a, on that journey of learning and growing, and that that happens. You know, it can happen independently, or it can happen through connecting with other educators. But that keeping yourself in a place where you're growing um, at the same time as you're helping your students grow is a good place to start.
0: And Brianna, did you have something?
1: Well, all I was going to say is just thank you, Tanya. This has been really fun. And uh, thank you, Hadley and Jenny. It's been really interesting learning about what you do. And I, I really love all the, you know, all the themes that have come out of our conversation, you know, about empowerment and sustaining teachers and, um, yeah, and just, uh, yeah, just thinking about different ways to to recognize and encourage and sustain teacher leadership. So, yeah, thanks a lot. It's been really fun. Yeah, I'll echo the thank you. So it's been great
3: um, to learn about your organizations and the work that you're doing. And um, I guess I would just, the, the theme that comes back to me is just the, the need for really, um, you know, uh, thoughtful support for the important work of, of teacher leadership. I think there's, it's interesting. There are different ways that we're all approaching it. Um, but the different ways just speak to the the need to to support people in the role because it, it is challenging um, and it can be really empowering um and and important for schools and teachers and kids um, but it is best when it's when it's really thoughtfully supported
0: so um as the hostess, I feel like I'm supposed to be thanking you all. <laughs> So um, I will echo one more time your thank yous, and I will echo uh, Jenny's point that um, that there were these great themes that ran across, and also it was lovely really to be able to talk about the differences and the ways that we're approaching things, and the sort of costs and benefits of different ideas and choices that um, that give that make a broad. I, I know there's a lot of talk often about aligning our work and doing things um, somehow in all the same way. But I think uh, one of the things that was really stood out to me is that um, it's a landscape of choice for teachers to find spaces that work for them to learn together and grow together. And that uh, I'm really glad that we are all out in the world doing work that um, is complementary but not all exactly the same. So. Uh, thank you for that, and thank you for spending an hour talking about it with me today. Um, uh, I need to give some uh, messages to our audience, so <laughs> I'd like to tell you all and uh, any listening audience, if you'd like to keep up to date on future opportunities, you can sign up for the monthly newsletter at eight, at um, educatorinnovator.org, and follow Educator Innovator on Twitter at Innovates underscore ed. So...